Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, a very warm welcome to you to um, St. George's Church. Today is our annual meeting Sunday, and I'm so glad that all of you have come, and I hope you'll stay as we talk about the vision for the next couple of years. But more importantly, it is also Candle Mass, the 40th day after Christmas, and the height of the season that we're in called Epiphany. Buy your loved one a present today and say, Happy Candle Mass. Or Merry Christmas, and they'll look at you bizarrely, but it'll be all right. And uh, the truth is, is that if you still have your Christmas tree and your Christmas stuff still up, you are perfectly in line with the liturgical year. So no matter how dry that tree is, great. But after today, that's weird, and it's definitely probably a fire hazard. So anyway, get it down today. But uh, so the church has given you room. Great. Enjoy your forgiveness. But anyway... um, Today, being the 40th day after Christmas, we celebrate Jesus' presentation in the temple. And so what's this all about? What's this all about? Well, today in the Christian year, we focus on the concept of fulfillment. Of fulfillment. And I want to talk to you about three things. First, we focus on Christianity. Because Christianity fulfills a lot of things. We do not believe that Christianity supersedes Judaism. We do not believe that Christianity replaces Judaism. We believe that Christianity fulfills Judaism. And in our reading today, there's a lot of fulfillment. That's the overarching message, fulfillment today. The second thing that we're going to focus on in light of Simeon, We focus upon the concept and the Christian idea of consolation. And what's that all about? And then three, in light of the prophetess Anna, we focus upon redemption. And as Christians, what is that all about? And I want to preach on these three points, fulfillment, consolation, and redemption. And my hope is that you'll get some gospel encouragement. That you'll leave this place no matter what's going on in your life, knowing that God is on your side. Our reading from the gospel is filled with imagery of fulfillment, both at like a 50,000-foot level and then right there at the ground level. At the 50,000-foot level, what's going on? Well, if you follow Luke's gospel carefully, you will realize that the last time the temple is even mentioned in Luke's gospel, was 490 days earlier, when the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah, the high priest in the Holy of Holies. 490. This is 70 times 7, of which the prophet Daniel began to speak about. This is fulfilled in the vision from our Old Testament reading of the prophet Malachi. I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly appear in the temple. Then you take it from the high picture of the Old Testament and bring it right down to the ground in this scene. What we see happening here is something very profound as well. Mary and Joseph are fulfilling both Levitical and Mosaic obligations. And because they're fulfilling them, Jesus is fulfilling them as well. 
the book of Leviticus prescribed that 40 days after the birth of a son, 66 days after the birth of a girl, a daughter, the mother was to go to the temple and perform a sacrifice in order for her to be ritually pure. And in the book of Exodus, God required that every firstborn male be redeemed. And this was to remind the people of Israel that their redemption from slavery in Egypt came at the cost of every firstborn in Egypt. If you notice, Mary and Joseph, they show up for their sacrifice with two turtle doves, which was prescribed in the book of Leviticus for poor people who could not afford a lamb. St. Paul reflects on this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 when he writes, For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, and by his poverty you become rich. This isn't prosperity gospel stuff. This is about richness in God's grace, his mercy, and his forgiveness. Yet little did Mary and Joseph know that when they were in the temple with those two little turtle doves, the very Lamb of God who would not only purify and redeem them, but you and I as well, was in their very midst. And this is my first point. Candlemas. The presentation reminds us that nothing about Jesus and our redemption is about chance or luck or fate. Rather, it is all about fulfillment. St. Luke and St. Matthew, all of the Gospels for that matter, they want you to know that Jesus does Israel perfectly from beginning to end. Jesus fulfills the law of God perfectly. Perfectly, No detail, not even his presentation, is missed. And this is good news for us because Jesus is presented in the temple, not because he needed redeeming, but in order that he might perfectly redeem and present you and me, the whole world before God, as it should be. Perfect. All of Jesus' perfection is yours because he has lived before the law perfectly for you. And then Luke goes on to tell us that the Holy Family encounters now two elderly Israelites, Simeon and Anna. Now, when I was a parent of little kids in strollers, and I'm sure the families with strollers can relate, I used to hate when people would randomly come up and touch my kids. I couldn't imagine if one randomly just grabbed him and, like, lifted him up into the air in the CVS, you know? Well, this is what happens. And I was thinking, what might have Mary and Joseph been thinking? Well, they'd already seen a lot of angels. They'd seen magi from the east and random shepherds just show up at the birth. So probably this was par for the course at this moment. But, uh, but, but Luke's description of Simeon and Anna, they're not just, they, they tell us something. Simeon and Anna are not just two unaware people in the temple with zero boundaries. That's not what's happening here. Luke tells us that Simeon was righteous and devout looking forward to something very specific, the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit had rested upon him. 
And that Anna, she wasn't just any random person, she was a prophetess who never left the temple but worshipped there. And then when she saw the Christ child, well, she became a preacher. And she started preaching about the child to those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Luke here is talking more about this concept of fulfillment. That's what's going on. Simeon and Anna embody the best of Old Testament Israel because they do what the Old Covenant does. And that is point to God's plan A for the salvation of all of humanity, Jesus, the fulfiller of the Old Covenant and the mediator of the New Covenant. The consolation of Israel and the redemption of Jerusalem had been spoken about by the prophets throughout that bo- those books, specifically the prophet Isaiah, who promised a weary, exiled Israel, which was the result of their disobedience, that God would send them a servant to redeem them. In Isaiah 52, verse 9, the prophet literally prophesies, he says this, Break forth together in singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has consoled his people. Consolation. And he has redeemed Jerusalem. I mean, that is Simeon and Anna and their message in a nutshell. Simeon's heart, I mean, he had been told, you will not die until you see the Messiah. His heart must have skipped a beat when he saw Jesus. And his prayer, I mean, it just exudes consolation. The church has called it the Nunc Dimittis. And for Christians, the Song of Simeon, you can take a look at it, this was the prayer you prayed before you went to sleep at night. Until the far less profound, now I lay me down to sleep, uh, took over as the number one hit. Um, But um, here's my little PSA. Um, Stressed at night? Having trouble sleeping? Pray the Nunc Dimittis. Anglicans and Episcopalians have prayed this prayer in our evening service for centuries. I love the Book of Common Prayer version, the old version. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared for all, the, for all faces of all the people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. This prayer, it literally breathes the definition of consolation. Because what Simeon and all of faithful Israel was longing for was a way to actually die well. Faithful Israel knew before the law they were in trouble, and so they longed for this suffering servant. This is what he means when he says, depart in peace. It's not like, phew, I can finally leave the temple. No. And this is what it means for you. We spend all this time, especially as New Yorkers, doing and doing and doing and doing and accumulating and accumulating and accumulating and striving and striving and striving. Trying to be something. And our na- leaving our neighbors oftentimes in our wake. And missing in the midst of it all the rest and the forgiveness and the consolation that comes with the Lord's approval. 
which you have already received. This is my second point. The consolation that Jesus brings is the fulfillment of all of Simeon's hopes and all of our hopes that God in our brokenness and in our shortcomings is tender with us. The consolation that Jesus brings is that our sins have been forgiven and that God has great affection and sympathy for us in the midst of our weakness. That whatever existential demands you may be facing in your family, in your life, in your relationships, in your business, the consolation is is that you can depart in peace from it. You can die to it and let it go. Because in the economy of the cross, to die is to finally truly live. Because we have a God who raises the dead. And this good news that we have a God who raises the dead, and behold, doesn't just make you better, but makes you brand new, this good news needs to be proclaimed. You hear people, let's live the gospel. Nonsense. You don't live the gospel. You hear it, and then it sends you forth to actually do the law freely. This good news needs to be heralded and proclaimed that the war between humanity and God is over. And it's heralded to the ends of the earth that Jesus, by the shedding of his blood, has reconciled all of humanity to himself. And this is where I believe Anna embodies the mission and the ministry of Calvary St. George's because she told of the child to everyone who longed for the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, what does it mean to long for the redemption of Jerusalem? Well, for faithful Old Testament Israel, there were four components to it, which for us are all fulfilled in Jesus. First, Jerusalem was the capital of a community that was created by God. Second, this community had a very specific relationship with God. They were called out, given a law, and called to live differently in order to draw the nations of the world to worship God. And then third, this people would have everything provided for them by God, including land, riches, food, drink. Obedience to God's law led to the good life. However, if you read the story of Israel, and that story is our story as well, this never works out. And so the fourth component had to come in, and that was deliverance. God would be the one who would deliver the people from slavery, catastrophe, exile. The list goes on and on and on. And inherent in the work of deliverance is the frank truth that the world is not intrinsically good, but instead a place of manifold oppression and in total rebellion which people, including God's people, are subjected to. And Anna's sermon was all about this child who is Israel's Messiah and the whole world's Messiah. She probably preached right out of the prophets and from the book of Exodus and Leviticus about the redemption lamb who now sits upon the throne of a new and heavenly Jerusalem. And you can read about that in the book of Revelation. And by the spilling of his blood through the waters of baptism, he creates a new community, 
a people from every tribe, tongue, and nation called his church, ecclesia, called out in the Greek, who now relate to him not by what they do, not by the law and their obedience, but by grace, because of Jesus' obedience in fulfilling the law perfectly for us and giving us his righteousness, so that we... All of humanity now might be delivered by him from the systems of oppression that enslave us all. Namely, sin, death, and the devil. And by his death and his resurrection is the first fruits of this. As the new Joshua leads all of his people through death into the promised land of everlasting life. That's fulfillment. That's good news. That's what the Bible is actually about. And this is my third point, and this is where it meets you right here in the now. Your tree, if I'm thinking about it, was probably already thrown out to the curb weeks ago. And if your tree is still up, you're probably really dealing with something. We all are. Your kids have probably broken all the toys already, or they're done with their presents. And if we're honest, like the rest of the world, we've gone back to business as usual. The anxieties, the troubles, the fears that come with finances, that come with age, that come with relationships. None of us knows what the coming days, what the coming weeks, what the coming months will bring. And if January 2020, with impeachment, coronavirus, fires in Australia, um, is any indication, this is shaping up to be pretty stressful. However, here is what we have. Here is what you have that the world doesn't. And we have each been commissioned as members of Calvary St. George's to share like Simeon Anna. Not about how awesome we are, but the fact that each and every one of us, we deal with the same issues as everybody else. But we have been given the ability to embrace our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we embrace him today in word that rings in your ear and in sacrament, bread and wine. And having embraced him in the arms of faith, we are prepared for the future. We're prepared for the future because this child of Mary who was presented for redemption is now our redemption. The child of Mary is Israel's glory, our light, our life, and no matter what you face this year, our redeemed future. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.